The words chosen for this morning are found in the 60th chapter of the book of Isaiah, beginning with the first verse. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. In Jesus Christ, the light of the world, dear fellow redeemed. <clears throat> it was the last run of the season. You're taking your iron ore barge with a full load up the North Shore in one final race against the winter storms of Lake Superior. As the Duluth Harbor becomes distant, Darkness covers, the evening comes, darkness covers the land, and a storm is brewing in the northeast. Within an hour, that massive barge is being tossed up and down in huge waves combined, oh, with fall, sleet, and rain. Everything is covered with ice. The captain tries desperately to stay the course against hurricane winds. Following his compass, he sets the course northeast away from the rugged cliffs of the North Shore. But it's too late. The port side of the barge smashes against the cliffs. It smashes again and again. It's tossed back and forth until that barge is sheared in two. Will you survive? What about the crew? Sad to say, what I've just described is the real history of the Manafa storm of 1905. It was one of the worst storms that ever hit the Great Lakes. A large number of people and ships went under, never to come up again. What made that particular storm so dangerous was the combination of the darkness and the iron ore deposits in the cliffs of the North Shore. You see, in that kind of darkness, one was totally dependent upon the compass, that magnetic instrument that pointed them continually towards the iron ore. In this text this morning, Isaiah pictures, I, pictures Israel as a shipwreck, just as bad, as terrible as that in 1905. And he urges two things. Arise from the darkness of sin and show forth the light and joy of the Lord. Isaiah has a specific picture in mind in this text. It's a glorious sunrise on a dark and gloomy land. And in verse 2, uh, he portrays that dark land before the sunrise. He says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. He's describing Israel. Just think of it. Israel, God's chosen people who knew the truth who knew they shouldn't run towards the darkness, 
but they did it anyway. They had become complacent. They knew they were God's people, and they became carnally secure. They thought they were okay. Everything was all right. God loves us, and they were running towards the darkness. That same darkness often encompasses all of us, doesn't it? Do we think this morning that things are pretty decent in our life, following our inner compass, thinking that we're in safe water while the cliffs are just out of sight? Think about it. What's the particular darkness that you and I are drawn to? It might be something that nobody else knows about, that we keep hidden down deep, but we keep battling it again and again and again. It can be something as simple as not having patience with people, laziness, filled with worry, and not showing the love and compassion to our family and to our loved ones. It's different for all of us, but it's there. Realize that that inclination that we have to sin is just as strong as the magnet to the iron ore. Beware. Again and again, we end up in the very same place, and that's smashed at the foot of the cliff of God's holy law because we failed to live the life that he demands. We're a total shipwreck. But Isaiah adds wonderful comfort. He says, the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. In our spiritual darkness, the sun arises, the sun of righteousness with healing in his wings. That's Jesus Christ, the light of the world, our gracious Savior. But how does that sunrise, that sunrise of Christ, save us? Well, in that Matapha storm, one of them, there was eight people on that barge, and one of them rose as a hero among them. His name was Fred Benson, and you guessed it, he was a strong Norwegian, and he was quick thinking, which is interesting. <laughs> he coiled a long rope around his shoulder. He jumped to a niche in the cliff, and then he did the virtually impossible. He, in that ice and storm, he climbed that cliff and when he got to the top, he didn't stop there. He threw the rope over and drew up all of his seamates that were with him. On a much grander scale, on a much grander scale, Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, who was born under the law, has redeemed us who were under the law. He climbed that terrible cliff of God's holy law in our place, living a holy life for each and every one of us so that now all our filth 
and sin is covered. And then as the storms of hell swirled around him, he allowed himself to be raised on that old rugged cross and poured out his blood to wash away all our sins, washing them into the very depths of the sea so that now he has become for you and me the light of the world who lights up our benighted lives. And, and how he does that is through that rope of God's means of grace, the word and the sacraments. Through that rope, he draws each of us up from disaster to himself, working faith in the Savior in our hearts, enlightening our lives with the gospel of forgiveness and giving us the strength to face the difficulties and struggles of this life, the difficulties and struggles that you're facing this very morning. He's there with his strengthening through the word that is coming to you right now. In 1910, five years after Benson's heroic efforts, a lighthouse was built on those very cliffs. We know it today as the Split Rock Lighthouse. It's my favorite lighthouse. Its purpose was to light up that shoreline to save boats and sailors that were coming in that area. The light was so strong that it still can be seen on the Wisconsin side today. Jesus is that lighthouse for our world. He is the safe harbor. He beams the hope of forgiveness to the entire world. And more than that, he has made his church and the public ministry to be little lights that shine his light of forgiveness uh, to all around us. The purpose of Bethany Lutheran Theological Seminary that is now celebrating its 75th year is to prepare men who will beam Christ's forgiveness to those around them and reach out to more and more. Therefore, this morning, I would encourage every young man here to consider the preaching and teaching ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. I would encourage every young lady here to consider the teaching ministry, caring for the little lambs and sheep, little lambs, excuse me, in our Christian day schools. There is no greater work because here, we're offering peace and purpose for this life and hope for the life to come. If full-time service in our Lord's kingdom is not possible for us right now, then don't think there's nothing that we can do. Share the gospel with all around you, in your dormitories, when you eat, when you visit. The good news of Jesus' full forgiveness and comfort for everyone. Jesus, the light of the world, today is asking each of us to share his light of forgiveness. He is calling 
for pastors and teachers. He is calling for you. Let none hear you idly saying, there is nothing I can do. While the souls of men are dying and the master calls for you, take the task he gives you gladly. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calleth. Here am I. Send me, send me. Amen.